0: Welcome to the Propaganda Report. Once again, we have our absolutely favorite guest, a regular guest, an exclusive guest these days as the world silences Garland Favorito and his effort to beat the steel, He comes here and tells us that he continues to fight the good fight and, as always, has hope and an update. So with that, thank you for coming, Garland. How you doing?
1: Well, thank you, Maya.ka Thanks, Binkley. It's fun to be back with you again. We appreciate it.
0: So you never, last time we spoke, you you're, you had an evidentiary hearing that the guy, I mean, I'm going to say kick the can. You're always very nice about this stuff, but <laughs> you did not count ballots last week. Did you count ballots this week?
1: We have not counted ballots yet this week. Uh, we are getting warm, though. Um, Do tell. So we had an interesting uh situation this week. Um, The court told... The, I'm sorry, the county, Fulton County, told the court that uh, they explained the process, that the ballots are, and once they're election certified, they are moved to uh, the court, the, which will be the Fulton County Superior Court, and they're placed under seal, which is exactly uh, correct according to Georgia election law. So we uh, asked the court for the ballots. And the court said, we don't have the ballots. And we said, what do you mean you don't have the ballots? So uh, this went back and forth for a couple of days. And then uh, suddenly on Friday, when we were getting ready to file for an emergency order that said that the the ballots were nowhere to be found, the court suddenly wrote to us and said, oh, well, we were wrong. We do have the ballots. And... um, they have the ballots. uh, And I had also requested for the January 5th ballots. So, uh, yeah, so we had the November 3rd and the January 5th, and they were both denying that they had custody of both sets of ballots, which they are supposed to have under Georgia election law. So that was the big go around this past week. All of that was under the table and nobody really knew about it. So we were about ready to um, get the judge to come down their head. But they uh, decided that they did actually have the ballots and the ballots are in the warehouse, which is where we thought that they would, were gonna be all on. So um, we are asking the court uh, to, to, to tell us what it is that Fulton County is doing to secure those ballots uh, in the meantime. And we have uh, issued our brief, which explains our position and it's up on voter GA. Uh, the legal tab. Sorry, I should have given you that in advance, Monica. Um, and we also have a proposed order, which explains, here's how we want you to rule, because the judges um, ask for proposed orders. Oh, really? Yes. So the
0: other side also has a proposed order then, I guess. Uh,
1: supposedly, although I have not seen it. So that's an interesting point, Monica. So I'm actually going to Try to see if I can double check with the lawyers while we're talking here, to see if they have seen the proposed order from Fulton County. Uh, but it just I don't, drives I don't... me crazy
0: that those are these supposed elected officials who literally like talk about how they're there. They're, they congratulate themselves in a life of service. You know, when you hear a hey, retirement party, or whatever, it's just so great. The senator spent his life in service. You know, he pulls up and rolls. But these people aren't representing us. You are representing us. And I just am so curious to know what they think the right ruling would be.
1: Yeah, I'm representing us and, and they're, they're getting paid. I don't, there's something about By this us. I don't like. That this is just not right. Well, and they're
2: railroading you at every turn. I watched that hearing. And to me, it seemed pretty obvious that they were trying to go after petty procedural things. There was an objection after objection. From the opposition and the objections seem to be over minor just you say a word wrong like objection objection
1: yeah
0: and it would be nice to know if they if those objections because they don't go to the essence of the dispute are waivable like do they have a fiduciary duty to bring up every objection when it's just minor procedure issues i don't think so their discretion surely is broad not narrow
1: Well, right. I mean and and in fairness, they're gonna object to anything they can. And why?
0: And
2: (laughs) it doesn't seem good faith to me watching that hearing.
0: You know, I mean, my my point is that they would, in fairness, do object to everything they could, but only if they're on the other side of this. And why are they on the other side of it? There isn't there shouldn't be two sides of this.
1: That's right. See, now you've got the key point, Monica. There really is, should not be two sides. This is all about the people getting access to the ballots, which they should have had all along. We shouldn't be in court to try to sue this. We shouldn't have to raise our own money to try to do it. We shouldn't have to spend our own time to do this. This should be part of Georgia law, but the legislature rejected this specific law that we recommended uh, to, two years ago.
0: And the mechanism should have been baked into the audit process. This was a flag that your poll workers swore to or threw up and, and with sworn affidavits during the <laughs> audit process. If you can't identify fishy ballots during the audit process, what value does the audit have other than a whitewash?
1: Well, see, that's that's a great point, Monica. So uh, I think no one ever considered the fact that when doing an audit, you might encounter uh, counterfeit ballots. I, nobody ever thought of that. So it's not in the code. It's not, you know, what do you do when when that happens? Uh, so, or, or at least we think it happens. Um, there's no, um, there's nothing, there's no procedure. There's no law. There's no uh, SEB rule uh, that states what to do when this happens.
0: Well, that makes me then ask the actual mechanism should be that the press covers it. The press alerts the public. You know what I'm saying? I know. It's funny. I know. Could you imagine if that was a headline on that AJC? Like, poll workers swear to inauthentic ballots in audit process. Stop the the certification. Yeah, yeah.
1: Stop the presses. (laughs) Well, now you raise a great question. Why has this not been in the news? I mean, we have four sworn affidavits, and there is a total news media blackout uh over the affidavits and the claim that there appears to be counterfeit balance uh wh- why is this being blacked out locally it's not being blacked out nationally with the conservative uh media nationally I don't so, think we have
2: conservative media locally to be honest with you
1: Well that's that's right we don't but and but and it's we have to go to national uh conservative media to be able to get the story out there No one will uh, tell it. They all want to sweep the corruption under the rug, or at least the potential corruption.
0: Are you still keeping a low profile in the national scene?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm trying to keep a low profile at least for another week or two. So um, I'm under strict gag orders about what I what I can talk about and what I cannot talk about. Well, you know what attorneys uh, they don't. Want to do anything to jeopardize the case, and I'm the lead plaintiff. So it's, that's just the way attorneys are. They they think of it as something that could go wrong, uh, and it ne- necessarily wouldn't necessarily be anything that would go right. So they would like me to kind of be careful about what I say. So I I don't really fault them for that. Okay. Um, did um, you
0: did you happen to see the case out of Arizona a couple of days ago?
1: Yeah, I, I'm barely, try- <laughs> I'm barely I trying to keep up with that. But I, I did uh, understand that they're making some progress out there with the Senate and the Maricopa County. But I have a feeling Maricopa is going to turn around on them again a the second time. Oh,
0: so uh, Because they were know. also asking similarly to inspect ballots, if I understood the question correctly. Well, and they were making some headway.
1: Yeah, so ironically, I have a very good friend uh, in Arizona who has led the effort in Arizona to um, to try to make ballot images. The first thing he had to do was he had to sue to get them preserved because Maricopa County wasn't preserving their images. So he successfully sued in state court and uh, won a preservation order so Maricopa County now has to preserve all balance, but they don't have to show them to anybody. So now they're, now their state's going back to court and they're trying to get the county to show us the balance, the same thing that we're doing here. Um, it's, it's crazy stuff that we would live in America and claim that we have this wonderful uh, freedom and election system, and we're actually going through stuff that's probably worse than what third world banana republics have to deal with
0: yeah i think the american experiment has jumped the shark to use a happy (laughs) days reference it's just it doesn't look good it does between COVID and the election thing i just feel like we're in a post-constitutional world and they just they might as well just roll out the jackboots and admit it but they're gonna have to if you keep fighting they're gonna have to say you know can we just be honest about this? <laughs> like, yeah. We don't care about the Constitution,
1: right? That's a that's a very great quote. Post constitutional era. <laughs> oh, no, sadly,
0: I'm not happy about it. I've been fighting the good fight. So have you?
1: I know we both have, and all three of us actually.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and we will keep fighting it, and um, hopefully, we'll make a few dents, and they'll give in and decide that they should operate in the best interest of. Georgia voters and voters around America.
0: So I wanted to ask you one thing um, that's a little bit off. I don't think you'll probably have a a big opinion on it unless it's an old one you've already thought about. But the, the D.C. statehood issue seems to be top of mind for the Democrats. And I can only think of that as just trying to get more senators to be Democrats. But do you do you have any opinion on that? Did you have you thought well, about that issue? Well, at
1: do you think that any politician would do something for the good of the people <laughs> it was only for for political purposes? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Everything politicians do are for political purposes.
0: Yeah. So it's just but you think it's just if you were to opine on that, it would just be that they that it's just straight up to have a couple more Democrat senators, senators that will always be Democrats.
1: Well, what else would be the motive? And, I mean, I, I guess you can, you could try to make a legitimate motive that the folks would be able to vote. Um,
0: I don't think so though, because the idea was, as I read into it, that it was a land grant from Virginia and Maryland.
1: That's so exactly if, right.
0: So if they wanted to be a part of a state, they could just Most almost all the land other than where actual federal buildings are, you could have like zero residences in that land.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Maryland granted that land. Uh,
0: Yeah, actually the Virginia land went back to Virginia. So it is (laughs) just Maryland. So it should really be just Maryland. Make it part of Maryland. And why don't you? Because you don't want Maryland to have a, to just vote federal law based on local issues, but that's exactly what it will be if that's what you do anyway. Just yeah. it was just a little aside that I thought, um, it you know it's just so obvious that it's for those kind of purposes. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, you know, speaking of that, of course, uh, Maryland. I don't. know, You probably know this story, uh, Monica, but Maryland uh, uh, was on the verge of voting to secede from the Union back in 1861, uh, like Virginia had already done, and uh, the Lincoln administration arrested. 30 legislators who they thought were, were uh, sympathetic to secession to prevent Maryland from succeeding because they didn't want the capital surrounded by Confederate states. Um, and I, not that many people probably know about that, but they actually were arrested in Frederick, Maryland. There are 30 different legislators. Um, and uh, otherwise, uh, Maryland would have succeeded, most likely, and uh, they would have had to move the capital to Philadelphia.
0: Well, that demonstrates that the threat of the threat is to the state. It's not to these people who live on federal land. It's the feds using their power against the state. That's actually sounds like more of the issue. Yeah, well, but, I think
1: it was the war against the states. I think.
0: Yeah, the war of northern aggression as a Yankee. That's a pretty. Pretty. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that expression before.
1: Well, in in fairness, most of most of the northern people didn't want to invade the south. You know, yeah. Uh, no, yes, I think that was, they had to it was,
0: gin up some false flags, and then all of a sudden, you had that fugitive slave act was no longer in effect. It actually was much worse for the south that their goal was slavery to like create this free land on the border, which they previously, you know, the northern lands mm-hmm. were a buffer. But look, so. Um I want to get to some questions, but I also want to know what's the next step what should be we, we be watching out for
1: uh next step on our lawsuit would be uh we expect either a hearing or a ruling next week um i I, I think it's going to come i think the I think the judge is a little bit frustrated with bullland county, so well um I'm very encouraged uh can't make a prediction, but it's it the court cases seem to have gone our way so far.
0: And what was the date on that? Did I miss that?
1: Well, Did we know the we, next
0: decision? Date? We don't have
1: a date yet. We filed, the judge asked us to prepare right. proposed orders, and we just submitted those on Friday, and we had to change it at the last minute after the uh, Superior Court uh, decided that they had found our ballots uh, right. that, that they didn't know they existed. So we were about to really come down on them, so we had to change that at the last minute. But he's gotten the orders now. At least he's got ours. So uh, I'm not still not sure if he's got Fulton. I haven't seen Fulton supply anything so far. Uh, They except an an appearance uh, Hmm. from the attorney. I don't know uh, of any documents they have filed. But then again, uh, things may have changed uh, in the last, uh, you know, 24 hours or 48 hours. uh.
0: Boy, they are Um, not going to like it if anything comes of this. But I just I can't help but think that Ron Paul was declared the winner of Iowa in June, long after Mitt Romney became the nominee for the Republicans. But still, I mean, you can look that up. There's no question about it. And that's, you know, just another little nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah, he was he was. uh, It appears that he was cheated out of probably more than one state.
0: Yes, Maine was another one. So I'm going to read some of these comments, and I'm also going to see maybe there's some questions up here. Uh, Douglas says to Garland, I'm going to read them because this is most people will be listening to this in the audio. Thank you for being a nonpartisan champion for election integrity. Uh, By the time there's another audit, it will be midterms. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Uh, Shirley says we have to get to the bottom of this no matter how long it takes. I totally agree.
1: Yeah, that's um, what we're trying to do.
0: Cresico says, "Do you think the same thing happened in the Trump, Hillary, and even Romney, Obama elections? Both elections, most people felt the losers should have won. Do you think that, Garland?"
1: It, that- well, it depends on what are we talking about—what state or what county or nationally. Um, well, it it it, it raises—I I can't say for sure, but it raises legitimate questions it, it seems like the fraud now is or the possible i'll say the prospect of fraud um or certainly a counterfeit ballots and and then other uh, manipulation is now more real than it's ever been before so now that makes you ask the question how long has this been going on well
0: now, yeah keep going
1: and, and we know we know since 2002 when they put in the unverifiable voting equipment here in georgia that's when everything started to go downhill, both in Georgia and nationally. Um, and and uh, <laughs> Jack says he wonders when the last time America had a legitimate election. It was probably before 2002, because that yeah. that was when the electronic voting fad came in, which uh, we opposed then um, and are still opposing now. Um, you know, at least the unverifiable part of it. There are some electronic voting machines that are are decent. Um And ballot marking devices, but they're not really uh they're they're not really suitable for use for all voters and that's that's really where the the issue is There's it too makes
0: much- that timing does make you start to wonder as you've mentioned before, if the whole hanging chad thing from two thousand, although it was disruptive and it felt like something the Republicans didn't want, they did emerge victorious and it ushered in this whole electronic voting fad.
1: Right, and I think we talked about on your show, Monica, that um, we we uh, uh, there actually seven employees from Sequoia came forward six or seven years later and said that they had their company they believe shipped bad paper, defective paper, to Palm Beach County that caused that. And these all seven of them were twenty year veterans of the company when they came forward,
0: and it's not Um, nothing to have sworn affidavits, that's, that means something. And that's what people should realize that because there are consequences to that kind of thing.
1: Well, exactly. And in fact, I've got like four or five of them now. And uh, uh, so I'm on the hook if, uh, if anything in there is false, but uh, they're carefully worded and written. And I, I, know, I, I, I actually know that Secretary of State's office is trying to find something false in one of my affidavits right now. So uh, I think we're going to go into a period of them. Uh, you see, you saw what happened in Fulton County, uh, but you're going to see Dominion and the Secretary of State's office come out, come after, I believe, some of the whistleblowers uh, in this current case. Would that be a
2: stalling? suing people already. I'm sorry. Dominion's already started suing people. Not I don't know about in this case, but nationally, they started going after some of the more uh, public national figures. Also. Right,
1: right, right. Uh, they, that's, that's right, I think they're threatening to sue well, they're threatening to sue a lot of people they actually want to sue one of the ladies here in Georgia uh, one of the witnesses who said absolutely nothing wrong uh, but they're trying to intimidate us um, but we're not going to be intimidated very easily, so I, here's the thing with Dominion, if, I mean if they wanted to sue somebody they're going to open their door for discovery and I can't wait to see what we'll find out uh when you know if we got discovery on every single thing that Dominion had uh since their since their inception and since their uh, acquisitions of sequoia and um and uh the global uh or Diebold um uh, proprietary intellectual uh material um you know there could be a lot of stuff there, so I don't really know why they wanna open that door but they have uh they have uh apparently believe that they would suffered significantly. So we can't, you know, really argue with that point. So I guess. They're well, gonna,
0: but if it's true, you them. know, that's a defense, but I, I, <laughs> I remember when, when I first started talking to you years ago, I had just sloppily lazily thought, I don't believe that there's any integrity in these elections. You Just a little example here or there. I think Al Franken, was one of them where like, I just just did not believe that he won and I never felt it was fully vetted to the end and things like that. And I just kind of wrote off elections as pointless. And then you gave me hope because you actually went through the process. And you're like, if people have the time and energy and money and determination, you can prove these things. You can expose them. And maybe there's some hope there. And now- as you know, people are saying, like this thing, even the way the parties operate, you can see that they'll go. It seems to me they'll go through the processes. They'll try to make it look legitimate. But with a complicit media, when push comes to shove, if they can push it back, you know, they kind of use every possible met- method of pushing this onto the back burner. And then ultimately one crooked judge can... Can really it it can maybe be irretrievable if something like that happens.
1: Yeah, it's, it's you're right, and it's the judicial system can be very easily corrupted, but just by a bad judge, bad ruling. Uh, we we feel really fortunate in this case. We feel like we have a good judge, and we have a, you know, and I think we'll eventually get a good ruling. Um, it's not going as fast as what we wanted, but it's you know he's asking all the right questions. He's being fair to both sides, um, and that's pretty much all you can uh, ask for out of it out of a judge. And, um, uh, so we're, we're optimistic.
2: What happens if you are granted access to the ballot? Do you think if you're granted access to the ballot and you guys find that there were problems since the, the election has passed now, we have a new president and everything, and we have new senators. What impact do you think that that will have?
1: Yeah. So, um, Binkley, that's a good question. There are, um, you know, basically you'd have to have three states for it to impact. And in other words, if we, you know, if we found out there was um, the results should have been different in Georgia and Arizona found the same thing and Pennsylvania found the same thing, that could be uh, pretty significant. Uh, We're a long way from that though. Um, But but there are actually uh, legal uh, remedies. Uh, for that, if, if that if that uh, actually occurred. But that's pretty far down the road, so I wouldn't want to speculate
0: yeah.
1: uh, that far down. Um, but, you know, I think Georgia and Arizona are close to finding out the truth, whatever the truth might be. Pennsylvania is not as close, and I think there's a lot of Potentially, uh, there could be a lot of uh, fraud in Pennsylvania, more so than even Georgia and Arizona. But
0: and Detroit was the big one too, right?
1: Yes, yes. Uh, Wayne Wayne My County. Um, yeah, and it, it's amazing that uh, news media organizations pretend that it didn't happen. Yeah, and that seemed, there's yeah. a lot of evidence too Right, that, that, included... that to me
2: is like the fact they've railroaded you so much and watching that, hearing the way they were railroading you and the way that they are now. If you mention election fraud, they're equating it with racism in the media. They're equating it with treason to even mention it. That tells me that there's definitely a lot more there than most people realize that the fact they're trying to squelch it so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, you know, Brad, that's the most disturbing part of this whole thing. Um, you know, I, I can deal with Fulton County. Yeah, they're being protective. OK, that's one thing. But when the news media would totally distort the truth day in and day out, uh, and national news media and a lot of it, that is really, really disturbing to me, um, I, 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 more so than anything that Fulton County or any other county has done. If you can't even portray it honestly to the American people, uh, you know where where are we, in, you know, in a as a country? I mean, you know, you talk about the TASS news agency in, in Soviet Russia or something like it, that. This is it looks like to me this is worse.
0: It yeah. You know, why I think it's worse too. Why do you think it's worse? Because people believe in it. I think.
1: Well, yeah, and, again, uh, you know, uh, Michael, so then we go back to the history thing. You know, uh, back in 1917, I guess it was, then J.P. Morgan uh, bought up 24 of the largest newspapers in the country and installed his own editors. And, of course, he was funding uh, World War One. He was funding the British and the French uh, in terms of armaments and so on. And we eventually got into the war right after that, uh, World War I.
0: And that's, um, if you have invested in it, you need to determine the outcome. You know what I mean? You want them to win. That's why if a, a, bit, like a guy owns a newspaper, I know a couple of them ha- are heavily invested in like um, energy. And then you can't trust how they cover the Middle East stories because they're right. making an investment that they can control the outcome of for, for financial reasons.
1: Well, exactly. and I think that's where it went wrong in 1917. And then it wasn't that long ago, I guess it was about 20 years ago, uh, you had the defense contractors um, owning the major networks, uh, at least two of the three major networks. uh, And then the other one had the head of the CIA on their board. And the
0: the new SECDF. He was on Raytheon's board for a long time and let's not forget the power Big Pharma has over media. But a a, a byproduct of media, I want to read Gary's comment here. He had a spirited debate with his son-in-law who did not believe the election was rigged and stated that all the courts threw out the cases, including the Supreme Court. Gary told him that they were not thrown out. The court just refused to hear them. And this is the kind of thing that The left hopes for first level thinkers and a complicit media.
1: Beautiful comment. Yeah, first level thinkers and a complicit media. Boy, that sums it up really well.
0: Yeah, and Um, just um, it demonstrates the first the importance of the First Amendment. And we're talking about election law and democracy and all that. But it's so clear that without the First Amendment, it just cannot function. It's then it's a lie. It's a deception. A fraud to get people to comply and not resist tyranny. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. So I, and I think I love that comment about first level thinker because, OK, the first level thinker just says, OK, well, the court threw it out. Uh, they don't actually look at the Supreme Court cases. So why would if Texas and 17 other states sued six for uh, election problems, why would the court refuse to hear that? See, you never get to that second level to ask yourself, why are you hearing this? And what's really going on? It's just you got a lot of folks that are busy having fun. And I don't blame them. I used to be one of those. And they don't really look into the details of what's happening in America.
0: Well, I think the answer that they get and they accept is that it would be very disruptive. But of course, That's the nature of conflict. It's disruptive. I mean, that's why there are courts, because we have conflicts and we don't want them to be disruptive to the level where people have to take to arms. But that's what it's for. That's where you that's where you want to vet the conflicts. And by not doing it. I don't believe for a second that the January 6th stories of rioters and insurrection are true, but they're plausible because it's clear that these people are not getting their constitutional rights to petition and assemble and, and to vote.
1: Right. And if you, if you, if you don't get that, then, you know, you end up in that kind of chaos. It's, and that's why we've tried so hard to do this through the court the right way. Uh, and we just have to get a little cooperation from the court, and I, I think we're uh, almost there. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty optimistic.
0: How Christopher wants to know how we can get the state legislature to secure our election. These are
1: I'm, your guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I I I just wish I had something a good a good answer for Christopher on that. Uh, I mean, the history is that the state legislature has ignored everything that we've tried to do. Uh, They legalized inauditable voting in 2002 so they could buy those new uh, uh, electronic voting machines that couldn't be verified, audited, or recounted. Then they turned around in 2019, after we finally got those declared unconstitutional and banned, the legislature turned around and legalized this new form of barcode voting where all the votes are accumulated out of a barcode that you and I cannot read or verify. So, the legislature uh, has been literally the worst enemy of the people of Georgia that you could possibly imagine in the last couple of years. Uh, it's it's I I can't say anything good about them. I know folks are working on trying to do stuff. Uh, they're trying to produce. More and more inf- uh, re- uh, suggestions, but we had our suggestions. and I told you, Mike, a couple times. We have, and they're still out there on Voter GA at the Safe Commission recommendations that we made on the news tab. Uh, all of those recommendations were ignored. Uh, one of them, for example, was to be able to look at ballots, and we it, it, it didn't. It wasn't that we just put the recommendation in there as a bullet point, we actually modified the code section and showed exactly (laughs) what the code had to say in order to allow people to have public inspection of ballots. And they completely ignored it.
0: Uh, Well, for obvious reasons, I think. Kurt says we need to be laser focused about getting these ballots forensically scanned ASAP. There's nothing more important. That act alone will break into the national dialogue. And that's what you're doing, right?
1: Exactly. That's we are laser focused on that, Kurt. We are absolutely. I promise you, laser focused on both. Not only just the 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 forensic exam, but we want to have a visual inspection because yeah. a visual inspection will corroborate the the uh, uh, forensic exam, and uh, that will give you independent justification. And then we want to get the Dominion ballot images themselves, and that will be a third level of of um, uh, consistency and verification because we don't want to just have one typical type of exam and then let that stand up. We want to have three independent ones and they're all going to reach similar conclusions. They should. And then we'll see where we are as soon as we can get those. But we're laser focused on all three of those things, as well as the election reports that we need to make sure the chain of custody and stuff is right.
0: And I think the answer to his follow-up question, the ballots are legally preserved, right? That's, that was the event this week, is that the courts had to admit that they had the ballots in their possession.
1: Right. That's exactly right. And, and it, that was quite an ordeal just to get that admission uh, actually made. Uh, it, was, it was almost humorous because, I mean, I've, we've always said, I've always said <coughs> since it started that the ballots, I'm sure the ballots are in the warehouse and they're under court custody. That's what the law says, and that's where we think they were. And it turned out that that's apparently the case. They've admitted that now, uh, but um, it took so long to get to that point of what we already just what we already knew. So it's it's kind of humorous, but um, hopefully uh, we'll stay laser focused and get that done. Uh, at least hopefully we'll get an order or or at least a hearing and wrap this up maybe in another week or so.
0: Kurt thinks that Michigan, Arizona, Wisconsin, Nevada, and Pennsylvania could fall like dominoes if Georgia leads the way, and wonders if there's any actionable step if if that does start to happen. And I think you're you've said that it's uncharted territory, right?
1: Uh, it, well, it's not completely uncharted territory, but quite close. There is there is an actionable step that can be taken, um, but let's wait till we get there first um i think kurt's right i think arizona and georgia uh are are close to finding out the truth whatever the truth is we should be close to finding that out pennsylvania needs to be doing the same thing we are uh doing so i'm glad kurt mentioned that uh i don't know why they're not doing this or it, maybe they are but they had uh, a sworn affidavit up there of a truck driver that delivered 100,000 ballots um from New York to Pennsylvania, that on election night and they, that they put in apparently put into the count, wow. um, and crazy. and the, the difference I think up there was eighty thousand, so that needs to be uh, inspected just like we're doing down here, or at least like we hope to do, um, and then then we can see where we will go uh, once we um, once we you know actually get this done.
0: And you're the one who'd be doing it. Sarah wants to know who will actually do the forensic examination. That's you. Like, you're going to be with your your elbow deep in, in uh, bad paper stock.
1: Well, we'll have a whole team of people. We have a whole team of people on standby. We had a company uh, that was willing to donate the scanners. We've got every folks lined up, and um, we will be uh, set to go – we, I will not actually do the forensic. We'll, uh, we will I'm not really qualified for that. I will pass that off to a, a real forensic team. We will do the visual inspection though. We are qualified to do that, and uh, we'll do the visual inspection. We'll pass off our uh, hard drives once we rescan everything to forensics uh, folks who uh, you trust who we trust, and we'll also pass off the you know, the digital ballot images as well. We're, and we might even get multiple forensic opinions. Uh, in fact, we probably will.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. So
1: so so because we don't want to uh, have it. somebody say it's political, we'll get you know, multiple opinions. And then that way, there's no there's no excuse. The news media can't say this was all a political witch hunt. So they'll have to think up a new lie. Has and, the uh,
2: intimidation been a big factor, just the intimidation by the media and that. As uh, during the break says here, the reporting of the election will kill your career if you actually report on it, or you'll get branded so whatever term they're branding the opposition at that time. Do you think that that intimidation level has caused people like judges not to do their jobs in certain cases? Or be afraid to maybe hear a case?
1: Um, well, we, we don't have that. Um, I, I don't have any indication uh, that that's the case, at least in our case. However, it is interesting. I, I, there are some politics in there because you know when we originally p- applied, the case was going to go into Fulton and um, I don't think anybody in Fulton wanted to uh, touch it. And so they transferred it to the jurisdiction, outside the jurisdiction on the guise that it was a, uh, an election contest, which it wasn't. So we immediately argued that it's not an election contest, but rather than to argue to put it back in full, we just said, "Oh, that's okay. We'll we'll just leave it where it is. It's fine." But we're we're just arguing that it's not an election contest. So that's what that's what we uh, that's what we did.
0: Cat Duckness wants to know Garland how it feels to have the weight of defending the whole country's feet, feet, freedom on your and your team's shoulders. Come on, no pressure, Garland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, it, some days it feels that way. Uh it, it really feels that way. It's you would not believe how hard that I've worked and not some of the other people have worked. It's a 24-7 job. We I literally, you know, if I wasn't um if I wasn't retired, I couldn't do this. But we literally we get up, uh we uh go uh to to uh you know all day and then you know go to bed, get up, start again. I was on the call with lawyers. Before this podcast, and I'm on the call with lawyers right after this podcast, and it's Sunday, it's Sunday. We shouldn't right. be working. Uh, right. No, no fun, no, no uh, very little pleasure. Uh, uh, hope to get back to a life after this is over, but it's just got to be done because if we don't do it, we'll never have another legitimate election in in uh, American history. So uh, it's just we all have to just step up to and do what we got to do right now. Cause it won't, it won't be long. It'll, you know, a few months and this will be over. Hopefully.
2: Sure. Feels kind of good to fight for something. It always feels, (laughs) feels good to be invested in a, a, a worthy battle anyway.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a worthy battle. Uh, it's, it's exciting in a way. Uh, it's very exciting. It's kind of rewarding when you make progress. Um, so, uh, somebody has got to do it. And, uh, you know, what's interesting about all this, uh, Brad and Monica, they, I've never seen so many people work together so well. And as they all understand that this is it, it's do or die for America, it's do or die for elections, it's do or die for everything. And they're all, I've never seen so much, so many people willing to do whatever whatever they can. You know, they'll use their skill, whatever their skill might be, and they will use it to help out. And you need all these people with all these skills. And I just happen to have one per skill that's kind of unique. So uh, it, it's amazing. It's kind of a, a rewarding and situation, even though it's so tiring and so hard, uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a sense of accomplishment.
0: I've got a few things to respond to all that. First of all, when this is all over in the spring, we are going to have to throw you a little party at Neighbors Feed and Seed, right? Do you think that's a great idea? Yeah, I think it'd be great. We'll have a meetup. Um, I bet I bet it'll be b- busting at the rafters if Garland makes an appearance. The hero's be-
2: welcome either <laughs> way. Yes,
0: yes. So, well, and a couple of other things. is one, you said that if you weren't retired, you wouldn't have been able to do it. This has always been my theory about progressive income tax is that They act like the the rich are taxed. The rich aren't taxed at all. If your definition of rich is idle rich, where like you don't have to work at a job in order to feed yourself, you don't get income taxes at all. And although you probably use government services to protect your contracts, to protect your property more than the slob who has to show up for the nine to five. But I always say it's like that they end. It's progressive because when you get to people who have skills like you have or professionals who work really hard, you don't want them to ever get enough surplus capital to pull a Ron Paul. To be like, okay, I've put a little money away. I'm going to go to Washington and defend this country. And I have the education and the integrity to do it. I mean, they will absolutely cripple you on that front. And then the last thing I will say is you said about how the teamwork, you've never seen anything like that or it's inspiring. And this is the argument I use when people really do not value the Constitution. And I get it. Like the Constitution in my, um, I I think – it's pretty clear there was no mechanism in the Articles of Confederation to usurp that with the constitution I am not a fan I'm a Patrick Henry person but when they start talking right. about a convention and replacing the constitution and everything the value and in the constitution although it is like gravely imperfect and literally led us to this place if we go back and look at what they said we were signing onto, the contract we were told we were signing off on, and that is what defines a contract under the law, then that this Constitution is something I could live with. And what it does, which is very important, is it gives everybody – like when you say everyone has to be on the same page, that's the page. So it gives people like, okay, the, the – com- We've already hashed out the compromise. And if we just defend this piece of paper on the terms of that piece of paper, we are going to keep tyranny at bay.
1: Absolutely. And you you, you mentioned the tax uh, income. And as you already explained, the, the wealthy have all kinds of tax shelters that they can have their money. So the graduated tax uh, is, of course, that's pure communism. It's right out of the Communist Manifesto. Never should have been an income tax wasn't an income tax when America was was founded as you know uh they tried they implemented one in the in the war which I call the war between a war against the states <laughs> and and then uh they tried to do it again in 1895 but it was declared unconstitutional uh but but I, I, you made a very interesting point there no one expected that ron paul money bomb that scared the establishment i think that they were knocking their knees were knocking when what was it that one day and all the Ron Paulers were in the street and he raised how many millions of dollars that day five million or something in one day? I
0: forget. It was a lot. I, I remember because that's when you and I connected. We were both very active that year in that campaign.
1: Right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, you're right. That's a that was a huge threat. Uh, you know when and and, and and same is true if you want to go down with Bernie Sanders. You know that he had a lot of small uh, contributions like that. Uh, so you got you know and, uh, and and Tulsi Gabbard somebody mentioned Tulsi uh, earlier, so they yeah. all were funded by actual people you know even though their views are different but it's the the grassroots of of America, uh, and that's the way it should be it should work you know uh, yeah it's. It, it, it sh-
0: Just the way the DNC and RNC ran their conventions to screw over Paul, Sanders, and Gabbard should be enough for people to see how rigged elections are. Harris did horribly in DNC primaries. Now she's the VP. Now, um, also... As
1: as did Biden.
0: Right, right. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember Catherine Bernard's story where she refused to... Um, give up on Ron Paul. That year, they really did a lot of funny business to keep Ron Paul from having a significant presence in that convention. And and they promised her she would never win an elected office. And boy, she has not.
1: Well, right. And they they might have gotten a little help from the voting machines as well on that because she lost two House District 80 races by one by 57 votes, <laughs> I think, and the other by 75 uh, very suspicious there. Um, uh, when we, when we found the, uh, exposure in 2017 of, at Kennesaw State, uh, I went back and next time I saw Catherine, I said, Catherine, we found out how you lost now. We finally knew how you lost and we kind of, we kind of laughed about it. But, um, that was when the central election server at Kansas State was found to be exposed to the internet for anybody to come in and hack. And, uh, and of course, once you hack it, it's that single point of attack, uh, and that you can uh, propagate the malware all the way down to the counties and then to the voting machines. Uh, and no one would know. It's, it's, it's completely undetectable. Uh, it's the perfect uh, way to do it. And the thing was wide open, we found out for years. So That's why I told Catherine. I said, "Well, we figure out now how you lost. We we knew you didn't really lose.
0: Yeah, but
1: now we now we know." So
0: I just Uh, couldn't believe it. I used to have her on my show, and she was getting free advertising. And I would let—I mean, you have to allow competitors to say they want equal time on your show. Nobody ever did, (laughs) so I just gave her whatever she wanted. Like, I mean, that was a pretty—that was a pretty sweet way of getting the vote. She only needed. Whatever, like a, a thousand votes all together or something. It was kind
1: of crazy. Yeah, it was pretty low, and and neither one of her opponents would debate her. Uh, they they both backed out of a debate. I mean, you you do not want to be on a debate stage with no. Catherine, with Catherine Bernard. That's she that. is she's articulate. Uh, I, I would hate to have to debate her. So, but it would be uh, she's a hoot, um, great patriot, and uh, unfortunately, she's not in the legislature.
0: No. And although sometimes this was another reason that the the WSB show for me was quite an aggravation, but it had value in that I could, when there was something in the legislature that need, people needed to have be aware of, she was there with the answers and she could just come and explain it to us. And it didn't take much for people to understand what she was saying was right. true. Yeah because it just made sense. And she came from a place of integrity and you can just see it. That's why all this gobbledygook doesn't fly. You know, you just, you can, the twisted explanations they have for why they do things, they're just so ridiculous on their face. And a person like that will make it obvious like Ron Paul used to. It was so obvious. Yeah.
1: Well, the legalized no-knock search warrants is a good example. She told me about that. And it was a couple of bills in the House, criminal justice reform. And and I'd say, no, you don't really mean that that's not really they're not really trying to legalize no-knock searches uh, and, but you know the bill is supposed to say exactly the opposite what well, she says go read it so i, said, I go read it I said, yep you're right so then uh, we were down to legislature fighting that one
0: yeah uh, actually now, it was, like, three of
1: them it was three bills
0: and now you can't even do it you can't even have a show of support a physical show of support i mean then you have to kind of get the press there if the people show up at the courthouse and they don't need to do that anymore I mean, this thing, this whole COVID thing, that's the coup. The policies. I'm not talking about the sickness. People get sick. But the policies, what a coup.
1: Post-constitutional era. Is that what you said?
0: Yes. Yes. Post-constitution America.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, wow. Uh, That's a a chilling phrase that you should keep saying over and over because that's that's where we are.
0: Well, you're trying to... prevent it. And that's what it's going to take because they're obviously not ready to call it for what it is. They're still, because they know that people will fight that. So they lie about it and they try to sweep it under the rug and you're not allowing them to do it boy. You gotta be careful.
1: Well, we're trying, we're doing everything we can to fight be it.
0: Careful out there. So, all right. Do we have any other questions? And then Uh, we're definitely going to plan a party (laughs) for you. Everybody's going to want to shake your hand, Garland, when you don't have cooties (laughs) all over it, trillions of invisible monsters trying to kill everybody. (laughs) I'm in LA, that's
1: the general, uh, yeah. (laughs) And and they they don't, we don't have to wear a mask at the party either,
0: definitely not. (laughs) Because neighbors doesn't require it, but I'm in LA, so for us, we're just we see each other as just these these uh, these pulsating masses of microbes yeah. you know little, yeah. little skull and crossbones everybody's just emanating them in all direction people are super scared of each other here
1: it's weird well you're going to have to make a trip back east and be the special guest for the party if, we, if you we are the special guest
0: off. but yes i totally <laughs> want to do that as soon as the the um I don't know. I just don't know when that they're going to return to normal. But anyway, all right. So what else you got, Binkley Garland? Anything else?
1: Well, yeah. So I'll leave you with something for next week. Um, and I I understand that there might actually be a, a challenge coming up uh, to the to the Santa races. So that's all I know. We'll we'll have to wait wow. and see. What a
0: bombshell! I, I,
1: I won't. I won't be. You know, that's not directly uh, involving me. You know, that group. But I. I. I'm heard. I've heard that that could happen. So uh, we don't know for sure. But I mean, that might be something new to talk about next week.
0: Boy,
2: I know you've that. been curious about that, Monica.
0: I'm much more concerned about that. I just kind of gave up. I feel like Purdue isn't fighting. He should be fighting both elections. He should be fighting. It's too close. Statistically speaking, it was too close to let that go.
1: Uh, yeah, not quite as close as um, as Trump and Biden, but it was close. Certainly. But
0: even in January,
1: right. it was quite that, close, right? Right. I think it was 55,000 votes there. Um, oh, 26- it was? It was yeah, 000. I think it was 55,000. I think uh, uh, Lofler and Warnock were about 95,000. And then yeah. in November, uh, November, I think uh, Purdue was about 26 yeah. or 7,000 votes short of a majority.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'm sure you're right.
1: Uh, uh, <laughs> I happen to be been looking at that, so I just
0: yeah, you're right. No, it was 55. That's more than I, I would have thought. But still, I mean, if you can if you can swap out a thousand ballots, you can swap out more ten thousand.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, particularly if you have electronic voting machines.
0: Right. So when or is the net? You, it's unset, right? We do not have a date yet. You're propos- you're submitting your proposals for yeah. recommended.
1: Judgment. Right. That's right. I, I'm 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 hoping we can't do the show next week because we're inspecting ballots, but uh, I don't know uh that i would imagine if we get a decision there'll be a couple of days and uh we'll then we'll be able to get it uh and so um uh, it'll probably will not come on the weekend so we should be able to be on for next week more time i have Um, one more uh,
0: question
2: i know that in the past you were in communications with trump's team a little bit i think when you were supposed to do the hearing and they bumped you back uh are you in communications with anybody that that is working with their or, or, or i don't know if they're still working on it or not but are you guys in communication with any of them? well
1: well for, for so from my understanding that uh the uh, trump legal team of course is now shut down uh they're not doing anything active and it's really falling back on the people to stand up and do it themselves so um that's what we're doing you know uh and and it looks like the, the people who have been the most success, Binkley, are the ones that are just individuals like our group and in Georgia. Uh, the, there was an individual uh, in um, Michigan who uh, discovered the Antrim County uh, and uh, vote flip up there. And, and he took that, uh, he and a small group of people uh, took that. Uh, that was a major, probably the, the most major finding so far in the election. Uh that was that wasn't done by you know anybody from Trump's legal team. That was just done by individuals who uh just kept on trying until they got it. So that's encouraging. Yeah.
0: Here's the important final question. Does Voter GA accept donations via check? Should uh, one mail your uh, a donation to a the P.O. box on your website if they want a physical check?
1: Um, I didn't even know we had a P.O. box on the website anymore. Oh, um actually, you know what, I need to update that. Um, I'm going to have to change the P.O. box because I think that P.O. box is out of date. I didn't even know it was on there. Um, You could have have a whole bunch
2: of money sitting in whatever that P.O. box is.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That'll probably get returned to the people.
1: Yeah, uh, that's true. I have to keep checking that. you
0: must need a well, little money we, now. You've been blowing through well, it. Well,
1: we we do. I mean, I have. You know, just to give you an idea, the transcripts—just to get a transcript—is a thousand dollars. Oh. So, um, and then you have—you um, have to serve people. You have to pay servers and stuff. Yeah. Um, so, transcripts uh, for what? The court, like the last hearing. Okay. That transcript cost us a thousand dollars. Wow. Just that one hearing. So uh, that adds up quickly. Um, And yeah, we do need we do need money um, and we can take checks uh, and they are anything you make is tax deductible. Wow. Um, So um, I tell you what, let me. I I can't pull there. I I can give you another post office box that I know is good. um, That's in. uh, Woodstock and. I'm not sure if I can pull it up fast enough to get this going in time. So um, let me try that real quick.
0: It would be nice to be able to tell people right now in real time who are listening to the audio what P.O. Box to send a donation to, because you probably do don't have a huge slush fund.
1: You are so right about that. So right. Right. Um. Okay, let me find that. I'm having. Ha! Isn't this this is terrible? This now this this shows you how disorganized you are when you can You don't even have a post office box. Uh, well, but here, here it is. Okay. 2, 2153 Woodstock Georgia three zero one eight eight. If you just make it to Voter GA. Post office box 2153, Woodstock, Georgia 30188. We will get it.
0: I'm going to put it up on the screen.
1: And um, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I I think the post office box on the website is wrong. That so I'm going to I'm gonna have to go change that.
0: Donations go to voter GA, PO box 2153, Woodstock, Georgia 30188. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to voterga.org and give by credit card, which I did
1: Right. That's right. And, and we appreciate it. We we do need the money. Uh, we're doing pretty well with funds. Uh, we're hanging in there, but we never know this could explode. Uh, and there's so much more coming down the road as well. So we're going to need a little bit, you know, to, in reserve to be able to cover the expenses that are coming up.
0: All right. Well, we should all do our part to help you fight the good fight. And let's check back in next week.
1: Great. Thank you all Thank so much. You. Uh, great time. to be on. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.